Welcome to the Restore Body Balance Podcast. I'm Colleen Burns, licensed psychotherapist and founder of Restore Body Balance, where we combine psychology, biology, and neurology to enact life changes that stick. And I'm Nico Yatanis, co-producer of this podcast. Today's episode is an integrative health approach to dealing with injuries, and I definitely can use the advice from this episode. About a week ago, I was taking a shower at night. I recently moved and the new house has a triple water filter system that makes what they call soft water. I'm not used to the water being so slippery, so I slipped, grabbed the shower curtain, the shower curtain came off the wall, I fell hard and my ribs slammed against the tub. I had to go to the ER during COVID, badly bruised my ribs, and had to stay in bed for about a week. I'm slowly recovering and I feel much better, but I was so restless and felt agitated throughout the entire past week, and I'm sure all of you at home can relate to this at one point or another. We've all had injuries, whether big or small, but it's all about finding ways to deal and adjust both physically and emotionally using integrative health practices. Well, Nico, you are my trusted friend and colleague, and we've always been aligned, but I never imagined to this degree. So, listeners, hearing of Nico's injury last Sunday left me full of compassion and full of advice, only to have less than 24 hours pass, and there I was, laid up in bed as well. Both of us with injuries forcing more downtime. I couldn't believe it. We really have always been aligned. Your Wi-Fi disconnects when we're on a call, and then two seconds later, mine does. We both get carpenter bees within a day of each other. It goes on and on. But this time, it was for the worst. But as you teach, Colleen, resilience, cognitive reappraisal, and remembering gentle loving kindness to yourself. That's exactly right, Nico, and let's not forget that's why I wrote my book, Prescription for Change, Using Your Lifestyle as Medicine. That was my car accident that left me debilitated with a bad back, and I sought out alternative ways to manage my stress and anxiety, and eventually it led me down the path of integrative medicine. So now, once again, I am my own patient. Your car accident led you down this path that impacted the lives of others with the prescription for change. And I pick up on everything you teach. It's so funny. I was in the ER, very agitated in the stress-based response, saying, okay, you could be exposed to COVID at any moment here. There goes months of staying inside and social distancing. But then, my mind went immediately to cognitive reappraisal and positive expectation. You haven't just taught yourself to be your own patient, it's rubbed off on me also. And if those of you listening want to become your own patient, the book is available online at www.restorebodybalance.com book. I know I plug the book every episode, but I do it for a reason. The back of the book has a journal so you're able to really apply the topics mentioned to your own life and become your own patient. That's right, and Nico, you did an amazing job designing the cover of the book and, in fact, the journal. So, once again, we were aligned when you had that suggestion. So, this time, both of us have the tools to survive and become more resilient. So, for me, I stepped into a big pothole right in front of my house when moving my car last Monday. 
And believe it or not, I was actually coming back in for my one o'clock physical therapy appointment at post-physical therapy in Brookline with my amazing PT, Dr. Christian Reyes. And as I was waiting for my x-rays to come back through his pushing me to go get it looked at, I was initially white knuckling it and bracing for impact thinking I don't want it to be a break maybe it's just a sprain and I chanted positive expectation cognitive reappraisal cognitive reappraisal positive expectation and despite my podiatrist walking in the room and announcing in fact there was a fracture but I also heard him say but it's not a bad break and thankfully, you will not need surgery. That's cognitive reappraisal. And then as the assistant fitted me with my boot and told me four to six weeks recovery time, yes, of course, initially I was fighting back the tears. But then I said out loud, well, time to up my mindfulness and meditation game. She was literally shocked at my answer. I told her about my training at Mass General Hospital through SMART, which is stress management and resiliency training at the Benson Henry Institute in concert with Harvard Psychiatry. And she wanted to hear more. So I educated her on that idea that we've discussed over time of allostatic loading and oxidative stress that stress causes when we have all of those negative thoughts and feelings that come into our brain. That's allostatic loading and the stress-based response. And that also causes inflammation and compromises the immune system. So me stressing out about it was not going to aid in my healing. Don't get me wrong, I am super bummed out. It's almost the 4th of July. I spend time up at my cabin in upstate New York and the weather is conducive to being outdoors, but the cognitive reappraisal is I do not need surgery. And the positive expectation is I'm gonna use this time to treat my body well, expedite my healing, and I will salvage the rest of the summer. Heck, maybe I can even get my son to do his laundry and my daughter to empty the dishwasher. <laughs> I was bummed out also. I was sitting in the hospital room and I too was uh, white knuckling it, but it was mainly my fear of being exposed to COVID. I was looking around thinking which one of you has it, which one of you doesn't, who's wearing a mask, who doesn't. Then I was also white knuckling it over my diagnosis, whether there was going to require surgery because I really couldn't even move. But thankfully, it turned out great in the end, and I did not need surgery, I didn't need a cast or anything, so that was the positive expectation in cognitive reappraisal. Once I got home, I kind of felt the negative thoughts trickle in. I was getting used to my new quarantine routine, as we've discussed a few episodes ago, yet even my new routine was uprooted. And I felt overly restless because not only was I confined to my house because of the stay-at-home orders, but now the bubble shrunk to my bed. And I even found myself bending the rules a little bit, even on day two, doing short trips around the house. But that just led to a painful day three of healing. But that was a lesson for me, just to take it easy. So, speaking of your book, let's tell our listeners how we are managing our active minds and bodies despite needing to stay put. That's right, Nico. And here, again, we see opportunities for integrative health. 
So for example, me having Dr. Christian Ray's help me with the physical therapy piece, teaching me how to actually today wrap a proper ACE bandage, getting me a set of crutches before I actually even made it to the doctor's office. And then of course, we can look at what we've echoed over time, which is food equals mood and we are what we eat. So for example, putting turmeric in a smoothie for inflammation and preparing mood boosting meals and of course meditation to manage stress and actually engage in mindful healing. We also see when positive and negative emotions come in and of course the most difficult thing for me which is acceptance. But as I heard it once said, creativity happens when we approach detours. That's great to remember. It's also funny you mentioned turmeric. I was taking it as a preventative measure slash immune booster after going to the ER, but it was also probably helping the healing process. So we are in for a self-care challenge. We both need to take easy rest and basically stay off of our feet for a few weeks to a month. That's right, and we will do it. And I like your idea of the self-care challenge. So we will write our own prescription, as it were. We mentioned cognitive reappraisal and positive expectation. Then, of course, we are what we eat. We're looking to eating and drinking to optimize our bodies to support healing. And let's revisit the idea of resilience. And, of course, we'll end with a healthy dose of compassion. Exactly. For me, kombucha has been one of my go-tos, but then again, it's always one of my (laughs) go-tos. That's right. A few episodes ago, we discussed its probiotic benefits, and you told a wonderful story about its origin. So here, I will cite Dr. David H. Rahm, who is the founder and medical director of the Wellness Center, which is a medical clinic located in Long Beach, California. Dr. Rahm is also president and medical director of Vita Medica. He also is a select group of physicians that actually talk about and educate from a functional medicine and nutritional science standpoint. Over the past 20 years, Dr. Ram has published articles and also aided in plastic surgery education to help doctors look at the importance of good nutrition pre and post surgery. So here we will look at it from an injury standpoint from the body. Dr. Ram suggests lean protein, specifically collagen, the most abundant protein in the body which we know plays an important role in knitting tissues back together. But after injury, the demands for protein actually get much higher. So right now, you and I getting some extra protein doesn't necessarily mean eating more red meat. We can find excellent protein sources that are, you know, found in fish and eggs and turkey, beans and legumes. I know we mentioned Orgain a couple weeks ago because it was a doctor who was healing himself from cancer and he used it as a meal replacement that he designed and in fact invented. So I know for me, I love Orgain and also any kind of whey protein that I can make a smoothie out of or adding soy, almond, rice, or cashew milk. 
My dear friend Miriam, who I will probably give a lot of praise to in this podcast, actually showed up yesterday with homemade almond milk and homemade walnut milk. I made a smoothie this morning with some blueberries, getting those antioxidants in and a scoop of orgain, and I felt better just eating cleanly. The other thing we can talk about is increasing our fiber intake. I know for me, I'm unfortunately having to take some NSAIDs or Advil or some Tylenol acetaminophen to get the pain and my inflammation from the swelling under control. But pain medications also dehydrate, change our diet, and the stress and the physical part of our physical reactivity. I know for me, I love to work out every day, which I can't. That's something that my body's not used to. So aside from drinking plenty of water, foods that are high in fiber include beans, legumes, apples, pears, oatmeal, and flaxseed. What have you been eating, Nico? I've been eating a lot of avocado toast with Dave's bread, which has a good amount of flaxseed and omega-3s, and plus the avocado itself. That's usually my go-to for lunch. That's awesome. And then other than that, I've just been snacking and... I'll basically eat whatever for dinner, but my consistent one is avocado toast. And then I do drink chocolate hemp protein powder from Hemp Yeah, which is really good. So I recommend that as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, you educated me on Dave's Super Bread, actually. I'd never tried it before. It's, it's actually, even his white bread is better than traditional white bread. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just look at the last couple of things we might be able to add to our diet, which would be deeply colored fruits, okay? So again, when you look at the stress of surgery or injury, along with the drugs that are used during procedures, that's also oxidative loading on the body. And we also have to look at free radical production that happens. So while your body uses antioxidants to reduce and eliminate these harmful molecules, the requirements are significantly higher after surgery. So by eating deeply colored fruits like blueberries and blackberries, cherries, pomegranates, my favorite raspberries, they all contain something called anthocyanins. And these are compounds that not only enhance the effects of vitamin C, but improve capillary integrity. And then going back to collagen, it sort of stabilizes that matrix. Miriam and I went through an entire bag of cherries this weekend. And then of course, as I said, toss the blueberries into my smoothie this morning. And a great thing is to take pomegranate seeds and put them over chia pudding or yogurt. It's a wonderful way to add phytonutrients into your diet. The last few would be orange fruits and veggies. Things like sweet potatoes for beta carotene and our body converts pro-vitamin A into vitamin A as needed. Vitamin A is used for the repair and maintenance of soft tissue and our skin. So of course, you and I need to significantly boost our intake around this time of our injury. Then there's the cruciferous vegetables we echoed in our Food Equals Mood podcast when we were talking about the idea of prebiotics. But again, we also look at cruciferous vegetables to ward off infection after injury or surgery. They contain indoles, which are the phytonutrients that boost immune health. My favorite go-tos are Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and cauliflower. I love making cauliflowered fried rice. And also I take shaved Brussels sprouts and toss them with pepitas and avocado. 
Lastly, I learned this through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York, which are fungi or mushrooms. Mushrooms also support a healthy immune system. I know there was a bunch of studies that showed the better functioning of what we call gamma delta T cells and reductions in that inflammatory proteins for participants that ate four ounces of servings of shiitake mushrooms a day. They're also amazing for anti-cancer purposes. I've been tossing them on my omelets. Those are all great things to consider, uh, including in your diet when healing. I have been including mushrooms in my diet as well, and I even drink this mushroom coffee from the brand Four Sigmatic. And it only has 49 milligrams of caffeine, so it's a good afternoon pick-me-up. And it has cordyceps and chaga mushrooms, which are both adaptogens, I believe. And it's great to hear how much nature heals. Almost all of these things are found in raw foods found in nature. And I guess that's part of the importance of shopping the perimeter. That's right. And that's a wonderful phrase to use in terms of, you know, the supermarket, right? Once we get into the aisles, I get into my snack food and chips and cookies. But staying on the perimeter, we're exposed to our lean meats and proteins and vegetables and fruits. We can also optimize our bodies to support healing by just simply listening to our bodies, right? There's a wonderful microbiologist, John Kabat-Zinn, who's world famous, who works at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and is also the founder of Mindful-Based Stress Reduction. He teaches mindfulness and meditation to heal from injury, both physically and emotionally. He often talks about the details about how nerves communicate between the body and the brain. So I know Dr. Zinn says, with steady, loving attention, we can lift the cloud of familiarity and rediscover the vibrant, mysterious landscape within. This also goes with the chapter of identity that I talk about in my book. I don't know about you, Nico, but I have lost my identity as Colleen. Active, virile, and strong, and my can-do attitude that usually does me good is now needing to be harnessed in because probably will push myself, which will only prolong the healing as I push to get things done, like your few trips around the house. Yeah, I mean, I completely relate. I did feel like my injury restricted me, but I ignored it by getting up and doing the few trips around the house, and it ended up not working out in the long run. And I know it will heal, but it was preventing me from being productive in the moment, and that was creating stress for me. Right, so here we can introduce again meditating and mindfulness, right? So we can reclaim our external control of our bodies. And I'm not speaking about enlightenment, but just embracing, I know specifically my feelings, um, which are a sense of loss, by giving myself gentle loving kindness to grieve and heal, which is also antidoting the stress of being in the moment and catching myself going down the rabbit hole of despair. When we return to the moment or the breath like we're instructed to do in mindfulness and meditation, we can just allow ourselves to go back and almost catch ourselves going off and getting ourselves back to being in the present moment. Breathing in and out diaphragmatically puts us back into that parasympathetic nervous system where we can actually 
here that we need to change and also here the positive expectation and cognitive reappraisal. We also stop that inflammation response. So neither one of us need any more inflammation in our body right now. Um, our listeners can go to mindful.org backslash JKZ, which stands for John Kabat-Zinn, to watch an interview with Dr. Zinn and follow his guided meditations for body awareness and loving kindness. Great resource, Colleen. I might end up checking that out before I go to bed because my sleep schedule has been thrown off a little with this injury. And you've mentioned the term resilience. Could you say more on that? Yes. Using resilience, we can actually, you might, we're not in person right now. Otherwise, I'm sure I would be getting a look from you. We can actually grow stronger in tough times. Almost tap into thriving, dare I say. We can thrive when times seem hard. And again, I know that sounds bizarre. I wasn't gonna buy into it last week, but having a couple days of support and rest, I know for sure persevering in the face of adversity is hard. It's like getting up after you stumbled. And for us, Nico, we literally stumbled. So we need to train our brain and we can thrive in these tough times. And look at adversity to create what we call a startle in our nervous system, right? And, and by looking at that and our capacity to cope changes when we add these critical messages to ourselves, right? Like, oh, you klutz or only if. I, I mean, I know for me, I can't stop reliving. Oh, I wish I just took the sidewalk or, oh, the stupid pothole or, geez, I didn't need to move my car. What were your internal messages, Nico? Mine were definitely, I mean, I don't know if it was during the injury. It was more of the post-injury. I think like being in bed, I kept saying to myself, you can't use this as an excuse to be lazy. Like I have this rule usually where I don't watch TV during the day. But when I found myself in bed and I couldn't even move, the only thing I could do was watch TV. Yet still my mind was saying no more episodes of NCIS LA, but I was creating unnecessary stress because there really was nothing less I could do at the time other than watch TV. Right. And this is what we're calling writing ourselves, right? So there's a nautical term. If you've ever capsized or flipped over a little boat, like a sunfish sailboat or a canoe, you know, you flip overboard, but there's an actual technique. And with that technique and the proper use of strength and pivot, you can right the vessel. So here I use this analogy. Some of our troubles are short term and others are more long lasting. So those of us that are suffering from injuries or illnesses that are gonna be a little bit more long term, here we can look at antidoting the stress or our internal dialogue when we need to look at times that we actually have succeeded or have been healthy or me just looking at the gratitude for my friends like Mary and Marvin who is also an amazing psychotherapist here in Boston which is probably why she's taking such amazing care of me but she's also just an amazing person and looking to draw on external resources like that our friends or family and I mean really Nico who makes their own almond milk or walnut milk for that matter she also came over Friday night and walked and gave us dinner for my whole family and brought me groceries all weekend long 
The other night we actually sang songs in my backyard over a fire pit, releasing tension, laughing, and just giving that feeling of connectedness. We also have to see ourselves as being capable, right? And worthy of help. I mean, this is my biggest roadblock. Miriam came over immediately because she knows who I am. So she spent the evening with me. And then again with the groceries and again bringing me these fresh treats that she knows because she knows I like to eat healthy. She also gave a big lecture to my children about helping out. Um, and then, you know, again, coming back over and keeping me company because I just sit like you in my bed or, you know, on a chair all day and my racing thoughts happen and that's never helpful. Well, that's great that Miriam is doing all of these small acts of kindness. She sounds like a great friend. And I'm sure these acts of kindness really helped you get better or help you feel better. And maybe we could even have her do a guest video on YouTube or featured on the podcast to learn more about how to make almond milk. That sounds really interesting. That's true. For me, my sister surprised me with one of my favorite beverages the first day I was laid up in bed. And I wasn't expecting it, and it was that small act of kindness that made my day. And I too can relate to appreciating company during these times, because without it, it's the sitting in our stuff that you've mentioned before. Right, it's also building our resilience, right? Resilience is the capacity to, so to speak, we're leaning into the wind but with gentle loving kindness for yourself and others, also bouncing back in the face of adversity. Just like this podcast, Nico, it was your amazing idea, not only to start a podcast, but this specific episode. So resilience is one having a mature, well-functioning prefrontal cortex in the brain. And it's teachable, learnable, and recoverable right? It's the power of awareness that lies within all of us. Is this also the abundance theory that you state in your book? It is, Nico. I ask you to bookend your day with something that you were grateful for and then truly soaking in that moment. Remember, we need to look for it. The brain is drawn to bad news, but oddly always seeking a better life. So we need to give it one. And in my book, I use one, O-N-E, as an acronym. I took it from the literal translation from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Observe is the O, to inspect or take note. N is to negate or declare it's true. And then the E is echo. And again, the dictionary, Merriam-Webster says, to adopt the appearance or behavior of another. So in my book, The another is your new identity, but that's a different episode. So now with our additional stressors, with our injuries, we need to up our game. Like thanking Miriam and making my smoothie this morning with her almond milk and truly soaking in that goodness. I felt so special and cared for. And there's a working theory about cooking with love and it truly nourishing other people in an amazing way. And then, of course, I was drinking it with love and gratitude and really wallowing in the good, antidoting the stress. We're so good at wallowing in the bad, we forget we need to wallow in the good. Savor the moments just for a really good minute. I'm told you need at least 30 seconds for the brain to register the experience and store it in long-term memory. Then re-experience it over and over again, like I like to say, AM and PM in my book, and 
Et voila, you create a new neural circuitry. That's resilience. That's really interesting that time is so important for it to register in the brain. I never thought of it that way. To not only have positive moments of gratitude and abundance, but to try to savor and prolong them. It goes hand in hand with compassion. Compassion is actually good for your health, not only for ourselves, but via friends too. I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, my injury happened moments before my physical therapist appointment with Dr. Christian Reyes. He has been a lifesaver. And I'm saying right now, speaking of integrative medicine, Christian literally saved the day when he helped me when my doctor's office was closed due to COVID. And unlike you who needed to go to the ER, I was hedging on going because I could still limp around. But he immediately said, oh no, Colleen, I am so sorry. Can I call somebody for you? And then he gave me a directive which was shut down this virtual appointment, get yourself to CVS, ice, elevate, and get a compression sleeve. He even went so far as to email me afterwards to see how I was doing, gave me links to Amazon for compression socks and for an ankle brace. He then even went so far as to say, why don't you come into the clinic since you can't get an appointment until Friday at your doctor's office. And cheerleading for me and caring for me that's compassion even letting me cry and feel sorry for myself is compassion when we ask ourselves hmm what do i need this is self-compassion and it's the greatest gift you can give yourself traditionally there's a practice that's called gentle loving kindness or loving kindness and it's a mindfulness and meditation uh, whereby you say things like May I be free of suffering. May I be happy. And in 2020, these are phrases that are sometimes hard to connect with. So I ask our listeners, and you too, Nico, to find phrases that are simple and clear. They are not affirmations, mind you. So we are not saying to ourselves, I am getting healthier every day. It's more trying not to pretend that things are different than the way they are. That's having compassion. I have a broken foot. <laughs> you have bruised ribs, you know? And it's maybe more like, may I be healthy? And we say it kindly, gently, warmly, and softly. And in a way that we conjure this up and we just take a few minutes to breathe. So maybe right now, Nico, what do you need to hear or what did you need to hear from others? I definitely needed and still probably need people to realize that I, I have to rest at some points and that I'm not at full capacity right now. Like just the willingness to help with small things. Like for example, my family started getting my coffee for me before I even wake up, which was really great and helpful because I couldn't reach the cup without it hurting. So what about you, Colleen? Well... For me, it's really anything I can say thank you to. It's the kindness around my frustrations or even my tears. I am upset with myself most of the time for this ridiculous injury. So again, just even saying ridiculous injury, I need to have compassion for myself. Things happen, it was just an odd mistake and I have to calm down my judging mind. That's a really great perspective to have. Focusing on the good probably speeds up the healing process. 
Yes, the take-home message is we can find calm in the chaos. I think that actually might have been an article in Mindful Magazine, so I'll give them full credit. But, you know, we're making friends with fear, we're releasing tension, and we're finding a new kind of peace by antidoting our stress, both physically and mentally throughout the day. One thing I've added to my routine, Nico, is something I also say in my book is SSS or sit, sip, and swallow. I'm into seltzers these days, and let's not forget where mineral water actually came from. It was used medicinally all over the world, specifically in France and Italy. But here, I'm focusing on the bubbles for mindfulness. Having a glass of seltzer, tingly and sometimes a little pungent going down, let's get the five senses engaged, as I like to say. So. Pour your seltzer in a clear glass, take a few moments to see the bubbles, then notice them. Notice where they go, maybe even put your nose to the glass. You can kind of feel those little sensations of the water and bubbles bouncing off your skin. And then can you hear them? You can actually hear the bubbles. It's a delightful and yet very soothing noise. And then of course there's the taste and touch. So do they bounce around in your mouth? If you can manage to leave the seltzer just in your cheeks for a little bit before swallowing, you can actually feel them moving around or popping, you know, against your cheek or your tongue. And then is it flavored seltzer or does it have a distinct taste? I never knew that about mineral water. Seltzer with lime is one of my favorite drinks. Kombucha too, I know I've driven that to the ground, but it's carbonated. And I know I've mentioned it so many times, but it was known as the ancient elixir in ancient China because of its health properties. It originated in the Qin Dynasty in 221 BCE. And it's another beverage that you can practice sit, sip, and swallow with. Right, you can do it with any bubbly drink. And there's plenty more mindfulness exercises that you can use those five senses to get to a point of calm. And if you'd like to visit the Restore Body Balance YouTube channel, you can find plenty of mindfulness techniques and exercises to get you out of that stress-based response and that eliciting of the relaxation response. Well, thank you, Colleen. You taught us how to deal with stress surrounding injuries by taking an integrative health approach, encouraging mindfulness, eating the right foods to nourish ourselves, and not operating in fear, but instead focusing on the good. Thank you for listening to the Restore Body Balance podcast. If you want to hear more from us, you can click the subscribe button, or you can visit on the web at www.restorebodybalance.com. See you next time.